Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to continue trial by jury. I am starting the chapter, the free administration of justice. And this is a great chapter. It starts to cover all sorts of things that we haven't touched on at all uh, previously in the essay. And they're really important. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I practice for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer and recently have become, I think, America's most censored lawyer on Twitter. (laughs) I'm also self-certified as a master practitioner. Gave myself that award almost 20 years ago for figuring out this constitutional conservative scam I used to believe in. I also gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for the work I've done in these podcasts. So I'm stacking up a lot of fake awards and I've got a lot of credentials. I hope those are very impressive to people. (laughs) <laughs> enough fooling around let's go ahead and get the show going so i'm continuing the essay trial by jury we're on chapter eight the free administration of justice this is a really good chapter i don't know how much of it i'll get through i may get through it all i may not it's got topics in here and, and it brings up points that we haven't really touched on yet in the essay We've been touching on a lot of similar points and making those points. And this one that it makes in this chapter, it makes a bunch of them, of course. But it's hitting on just the concept of why there is even a justice system set up by the government. Why would it exist? And what does it do? And how can it really be accessed? And if it can't, then really what is it accomplishing? And when I start reading through it, you're going to see what he's talking about and It's essential that people understand how totally and completely screwed up and upside down and part of the 179 Club, the entire so-called justice system is in this country and really all over the world. But the people in this country run around and talk about how we have the greatest, freest and the most incredible system and blah, blah, blah. It's all complete and utter nonsense. It doesn't withstand any scrutiny at all. This essay absolutely demolishes it and it's 150 years old. And it's gotten so, so much worse since he wrote. So much worse. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into it. The free administration of justice was a principle of the common law, and it must necessarily be a part of every system of government, which is not designed to be an engine in the hands of the rich for the oppression of the poor. In saying that the free administration of justice was a principle of the common law, I mean only that parties were subjected to no cost for jurors, witnesses, writs, or other necessaries for the trial, preliminary to the trial itself. Consequently, no one could lose the benefit of a trial for the want of means to defray expenses. The important part here is that anybody who understands the way the system works now is the vast majority of people, they they can't get a lawyer for their case. There's no possible way. And you have to have lawyers because of all the ridiculous rules they've dreamed up. But the vast majority of people who call me or come into my office and ask about a case, I usually end up telling them, look, it's probably not worth it to file that even if you could ever win, it's going to cost you as much to, to try to win as it would be that even if you got a judgment, and you probably can't collect it anyway. And so the vast majority of people just get screwed, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it in our country. That's just the reality. And the rich people, when I went to work for a huge firm right out of school, and I clerked at a couple of others when I was in school, What I found was that a lot of the clients were rich people and they had a lot of different businesses. And what I learned very quickly was they don't pay their bills. 
<laughs> they just don't pay their bills. They just they have stuff that they owe that they contract for and they just ignore it. They don't do it. They make the people with the weaker uh, financial hand have to try to bring a case against them and they just beat them into submission. And it's very effective. I mean, if you're just a complete piece of crap like most of those clients are, they just use the system to avoid uh, their obligations. And there's nothing you can do about it if you're poor. Nothing at all. And, of course, you're not allowed to take the law into your own hands and do anything because then the state just comes down on your heart. See, the whole system is set up to make sure that the, the poor get abused and that the specially situated, the connected to government and the wealthy, especially the wealthy connected to government, those people just get away with anything. And anybody can look around and see that's exactly how it works. And the endless excuse making that goes on in, in this stupid talk radio and by conservatives to act like it's liberals or some other kind of issue going on. It's just complete nonsense. The fundamental problems with the system have nothing to do with that. Nothing. The system is set up to make sure that the people, the average people, are screwed and that the government runs them and that rich people behind the government who are connected to government do whatever the hell they want. You know, As they say, the strong take what they will and the weak suffer what they must. And here, even though the people who really are poor and who are the masses aren't weak if they understood their rights, they're completely weak because they don't understand their rights because they're massively misled by constitutional conservatives every single day. All the people who would be on my side, virtually every one of them is misled by them, driven into a ditch. So let's continue, and I'm going to repeat that last sentence Consequently, no one could lose the benefit of a trial for the want of means to defray expenses. But after the trial, the plaintiff or defendant was liable to be immersed by the jury, of course, for having troubled the court with the prosecution or defense of an unjust suit. But it is not likely that the losing party was subjected to an immersement as a matter of course, but only in those cases where the injustice of his cause was so evident as to make him inexcusable in bringing it before the courts. Man, I cannot tell you how relevant that is to actual litigation. And nothing makes me laugh harder than people who talk about lawsuit abuse. People have been brainwashed into believing there's such a thing as lawsuit abuse. The amount of abuse that goes into lawsuits is so overwhelmingly on the defense side, it's laughable. The vast majority of cases are legitimate cases, and the defenses being raised are complete and utter horseshit. The only reason they're being raised is because the financial discrepancy between the two. The defendants are usually insurance companies and large corporations. The plaintiffs are usually small individuals. So these large, literally bottomless pocket kind of uh, corporations and insurance companies, they just raise endless bullshit, and the courts let them because they never do what they're supposed to, which is to crack down on this stuff. Instead, they just make it impossible to actually have lawsuits that get through. So it's, it's in every kind of field. And the brainwashing about plaintiff abuse, lawsuit abuse, it's laughable. It's utterly laughable. The vast majority of most of these kinds of lawsuits that they talk about being abusive are brought on a contingency basis, meaning that the plaintiff's lawyer has to advance the expenses and then has to hope to get paid at the end a fee for his time and to recover it. And if he doesn't, then he's screwed. So the idea that these lawyers are out there taking all these crap cases, it's not true. 
The reality is that most of these cases are decent cases with smaller damages, and they just raise endless bullshit defenses that are not legitimate, that they don't have factual basis for. And the courts don't ever punish the lawyers or the parties on the defense side for having raised that and wasted everybody's time and made it unbelievably costly and impossible to get justice. That's the reality. And in this system, he's talking about the way it would work is at the end, the jury would uh, assess some kind of fine or penalty uh, against whoever brought a case that was just utter horseshit. And believe me, the vast majority of cases that are currently floating through, maybe they aren't initially bullshit, but what's being litigated is utter bullshit. You're having to litigate through all sorts of ridiculous expenses and costs and and defenses that are not legitimate, denying the existence of things that are obviously uh, open and obvious. It goes on all the time all the time. And if there was actual punishment against them, where you could actually hit these insurance companies and uh, large corporations for serious penalties that made them wake up and take notice, that would all go away. But instead, the system just runs on and on and on as it does. It's utterly ridiculous. And all these solutions that the defendants put out there, this idea of loser pays. That doesn't make sense. If you have a legitimate case, just because you lose doesn't mean uh, you should have to pay. It's just like he says here, the jury should award it when it's an outrage that the case was tried. <laughs> and then believe me, there's so many like that. So many like that. So, all right, let's continue. All the freeholders were required to attend the courts that they might serve as jurors and witnesses and do any other service that could legally be required of them. And their attendance was paid for by the state. In other words, their attendance and service at the courts were part of the rents which they paid the state for their lands. And that, you can't really understand what that means unless you heard the rest of the essay, but the way it used to be set up at common law, the arrangement with the state basically was that you had the free access to the land for, quote, rents, and those rents went to cover these things, and they were just small amounts. Let's continue. The freeholders who were thus required always to attend the courts were doubtless the only witnesses who were usually required in civil causes. This was owing to the fact that in those days, when the people at large could neither read nor write, few contracts were put in writing. The expedient adopted for proving contracts was that of making them in the presence of witnesses, who could afterwards testify to the transactions. Most contracts in regards to lands were made at the courts in the presence of the freeholders there assembled. If we just only went back to this one simple system, where you just simply videotape, the signing of the contract and both parties kind of state what the expectation and agreement was, so much litigation would be eliminated. Because the vast majority of it is just this parsing of words. And one party, like I said, when I worked at that big firm, one party's just lying. <laughs> They're just lying about what the thing's about. That's the reality. It's just not, there's not a lot of real actual confusion. There's not a lot of real legitimate cases going on. The vast majority of them are just one side's lying. One side's not. That's it. And I remember when I was clerking, uh, I'll tell you the story. I was over in federal court, and it wasn't my case, obviously. I was just a clerk, but I went along, and it was a labor case. And we were trying in front of this judge who's extremely strict. And one of the parties gets up, testifies about what supposedly happened. And then, you know, a little while later, the other party gets up and is testifying. And basically, it's complete and total contradiction of what the other person said. And the judge slams his gavel down. He says, somebody's lying in my court. Bailiff, go get the United States assistant attorney. I'm going to prosecute somebody for perjury right now. 
Everyone's <laughs> just freaking out because, like, what the hell? So the guy's on the stand, and I'm sitting there going, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm just a law student. Crazy, right? I'm, like, looking at the lawyer, and he's like, eh, you know, this is the judge. And So we're sitting there, and it's quiet, and the guy's just sitting on the stand. No questions, just sitting there. He literally starts breaking down. He says, Your Honor, Your Honor, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my business. He, and, he, and he comes clean like something out of Perry Mason. <laughs> it was incredible. But that's the reality. They feel free to lie because there's no consequence, and they know there'll be no consequence. And everybody can see it in the public uh, sphere all the time. They get up, swear them into Congress, just lie their asses off. Nothing happens. Same thing happens in the court all the time. All the time. I remember when I was in law school, and L.A. law was really popular. And Mr. Kuzak, who was one of the lawyers, he gets up there, and he's talking in chambers with the judge and the other lawyer, and he says, but well, Your Honor, you saw he's lying right there. And he, and he says, Mr. Kuzak, you've been a lawyer for a long time. You're well aware. Witnesses lie every day on the stand. <laughs> That's right. They do. Everybody in the system knows they lie all the time. I saw cops lying all the time when I did criminal work. All the time. There's literally nothing that stops them. And if these systems were in place where the jury could just listen, at the end it would be like, this person was obviously lying, and the defense they put on was a load of shit, and there was no reason to have to go through this. They should have paid a long time ago. They could hammer them more. They could hammer them more. Or this was an obviously bullshit claim. There was no reason to ever brought it. He just, you know, didn't want to have to pay, blah, 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 and just hammer them. If those things were in, in practice like this system would allow, I can just tell you the vast majority of stuff would go away and you wouldn't require this huge expense with all these lawyers and fancy rules and made up bullshit we have now. So formalized to prove your case. You just go down and make a case <laughs> to people. No different than telling your story in the backyard. You bring the people in, you ask some questions. It's very straightforward. Most cases are not that complicated. What makes them complicated is all this made up statutory bullshit law. <laughs> That's all it is. Let's continue. In the king's courts, it was specially provided by Magna Carta that justice and right should not be sold. That is, that the king should take nothing from the parties for administering justice. The oath of a party to the justice of his cause was all that was necessary to entitle him to the benefit of the courts free of all expense, except the risk of being immersed after trial in case the jury should think he deserved it. This principle of the free administration of justice connects itself necessarily with the trial by jury, because a jury could not rightfully give judgment against any man in either a civil or a criminal case if they had any reason to suppose he had been unable to procure his witnesses. It's a great point, right? I mean, this happens all the time. The judges don't allow it to come in, especially in criminal cases. You can just get screwed over and over, and you're not allowed to call any other types of people in. You really can't discredit the police officers for all practical purposes. They just don't allow that kind of impeachment, even though the cops may have a long history of just being big-time liars. It's not like on TV. It's just nothing like the nonsense you see on TV. Trials just aren't anything like that. And the amount of justice that goes on down in those courts is so minimal, so ridiculously small, and at most is normally just by pure accident, you're just never getting a fair trial. Everybody knows you get sued. What do you think? Do you think, oh, great, I'm going to get an opportunity to vindicate myself? No, you think I'm screwed. <laughs> That's what you think. Even if your case is great, you think I'm screwed. 
because that's the way the system's set up. It's set up so that very wealthy people and businesses who can just make it a cost of doing business to jack people over in courts can succeed in the system. And the people like me and you who can't do that can get ruined and just have to give up. That's the system. That's why it's there. It's also why they don't allow you to take it into your own hands. And he goes over that in this chapter, which is a very important point. Let's continue. The true trial by jury would also compel the free administration of justice from another necessity. That is, that of preventing private quarrels. Because unless the government enforced a man's rights and redressed his wrongs free of expense to him, a jury would be bound to protect him taking the law into his own hands. A man has a natural right to enforce his own rights and redress his own wrongs. If one man owe another a debt and refuse to pay it, the creditor has a natural right to seize sufficient property of the debtor wherever he can find it to satisfy the debt. If one man commit a trespass upon the other person, property or character of another, the injured party has a natural right either to chastise the aggressor or to take compensation for the injury out of his property. But as the government is an impartial party, as between these individuals, it is more likely to do exact justice between them than the injured individual himself would do. This is all so important, and this is something that's completely gone from our system. People imagine that whenever you get screwed over, all you can do is you have to go through the system, be it a criminal or civil. You have no right whatsoever to go do anything yourself. They always tell you, oh, you should have called the police. Should have, oh, what do you mean? It was right there. Street justice is the best justice. That's the reality. And so by preventing everybody from being able to access that and for turning you into the criminal, for having gone and punished the person who did something to you, turning you into a criminal, even though they have it coming. Sure, you take the risk that you're doing something that isn't actually you're entitled to because you've overstepped or you've got the wrong person. Okay, well, you take, run that risk. But they've made it such that you're not allowed to do anything. You have to take everything into court. That's what those people who run it all want. That's why they've outlawed dueling. They want to make sure they're fully protected by the system. They're completely backstopped. Whatever kind of abuse they want to dish out, you have to turn around and go to the courts. I can tell you right now, the way real pressure is applied at high levels has nothing to do with the courts. <laughs> they hire people who go get the job done. That's what they do. They make sure. I've told people before, if you file a lawsuit and someone shows up to your house or sits behind you at church and makes comments about your kids in the lawsuit and makes it clear that they're going to kill you or your family is going to be threatened unless you drop it, um, how many people are going to withstand that? <laughs> Not many. If you're dumb enough to go to the cops with something like that when they're almost assuredly in on the take, uh, that's, that's, I just blame those people for being uh, that dumb. It's very dangerous to wake up in the wrong order. That's the way actual things are settled. Leg breakers. All the government is is a sophisticated leg breaker. And they don't work for you. They work for the rich people who run government. But all these things, that's the way it actually works. And if people were concerned that someone might actually just call you out duel at your office and just take you out in the parking lot and just shoot your ass, and they were completely within their rights to do so and everybody understood it, Everybody would clean their act up, trust me. All this anonymous bad acting that goes on, all these rip-off scams, watch American Greed, you just read story after story, the people stuck standing around having to wait for the courts to do this and that, and the U.S. attorney, and then nothing ever happens to them. See, nothing ever happens. If people understood that the people themselves have every right to do it, 
themselves to go and get their own damn justice from these people. Then the system would get cleaned up. But they've put the system in place to make sure that can never happen. See, let's continue. The government, also having more power at its command, is likely to right a man's wrongs more peacefully than the injured party himself could do it. Right, because of overwhelming force, you're fearful of it. If you think maybe it's a, it's a close call, maybe there'll be more fights and breakouts. But when you know when it's overwhelming, when the government's coming, you're screwed. So that's something in favor of it, if the system actually could work. If, therefore, the government will, will do the work of enforcing a man's rights and redressing his wrongs promptly and free of expense to him, he is under a moral obligation to leave the work in the hands of the government, but not otherwise. When the government forbids him to enforce his own rights or redress his own wrongs and deprives him of all means of obtaining justice, except on the condition of his employing the government to obtain it for him and of paying the government for doing it, the government becomes itself the protector and accomplice of the wrongdoer. (laughs) And what do you see? What is the system? That's exactly the system. They talk about vigilante justice. They crack down on so much because they can't have that. And the same exact stuff applies on the civil side. And it's, it's even worse on the criminal side in that they literally, supposedly you commit a crime and then you pay fine and court costs to the court and then you pay all these probation fees and it's just a giant money generating thing. That's all it is for the state. It's utterly ridiculous. Oh, you get a free lawyer. The free lawyer sucks. It's no good because the system's no good because the system is set up as a scam. It's set up as a scam. All right, let's continue. If the government will forbid a man to protect his own rights, it is bound to do it for him free of expense to him. And so long as government refuses to do this, juries, if they knew their duties, would protect a man in defending his own rights. Bingo. This is the importance of having the juries understand that, look, forget all these statues about what you must do and can't do and all this other crap. The world has to be set up like this under natural law. If someone jacks you over, you have a right to go set that straight. And if you know the government's not going to do it because it's a rigged up deal, well, then you go over and set the record straight. The government tries to come in and pick you up, arrest you, charge with all this bullshit. The juries need to not guilty you. See, that's the way the system would work. Let's, Let's read a little bit more. Under the prevailing system, probably one half the community are virtually deprived of all protection for their rights, except what the criminal law affords them. Courts of justice for all civil suits are as effectually shut against them as though it were done by bolts and bars. Wow, think he's writing 150 years ago. Think how much worse it is now. Think of the disparity now. I mean, the idea that you can go file civil cases and get any kind of justice, that's laughable. If you get dragged into court, you're just screwed, man. I just, all these cases, they just always settle because it doesn't matter how good your case is. There's so many chances. Civil law is like a minefield. You have no fucking clue what's going to happen. What kind of bullshit could happen to you. Criminal law, you're the only person even taking any risk. Prosecutor risks nothing. Police risk nothing. People making the charges risk nothing. Nothing ever happens to any of these people. <laughs> and it's all just, they just, that's why they win. Because they, they have these rigged up juries. You just dragged into court. You're completely screwed. So effective. Just, I mean, just, wow. Let's continue. Being forbidden to maintain their own rights by force, as for instance, to compel the payment of debts, 
and being unable to pay the expenses of civil suits, they have no alternative but submission to many acts of injustice against which the government is bound to either protect them free of expense or allow them to protect themselves. You think the mob goes and files lawsuits? No. They have debt collectors that come around and make sure you pay. There's nothing that should prevent individuals from doing that, but they make that a crime. See, they make that a crime. You can't go do that. All these people, I saw endless lawsuits in that firm. Endless lawsuits, these rich people that don't pay. But nothing can happen to them. The people can't come over and do anything to them. You come over and threaten them, then they just charge you with a crime. <laughs> it's just it's so insane. It's so ridiculous. It's so obvious and blatant if people understood the way the system should work, could work. But they're so brainwashed from birth to death about ours being this fantastic system and having to leave it to the judge and leave it to the courts and call, let the police handle it and on and on and on. Well, you should have gone and filed a case in court. This is ridiculous. All completely ridiculous. Let's continue. There would be the same reason in compelling a party to pay the judge and jury for the services that there is in compelling him to pay the witnesses or any other necessary expenses. This compelling parties to pay the expenses of civil suits is one of the many cases in which the government is false to the fundamental principles on which free government is based. What is the object of government but to protect men's rights? On what principle does a man pay his taxes to the government except on that of contributing his proportion towards the necessary cost of protecting the rights of all? Yet, when his own rights are actually invaded, the government, which he contributes to, instead of fulfilling its implied contract, becomes his enemy and not only refuses to protect his rights, except at his own cost, but even forbids him to do it himself. That is the system we currently have. That is the system. It's a thousand times worse than just that. Because even if you can pay the expenses, you get into a system that's fully and completely corrupt. I've been on the receiving end of endless corrupt decisions. Endless. <laughs> and endless corrupt enforcement of endless corrupt laws, rules, procedures. Endless. Endless lies from witnesses under oath. Nothing happens to them. Nothing whatsoever. That's why the, the profession is so detestable to me. That's why I just cannot believe there are lawyers who run around and continue to be apologists for this system instead of speaking the truth that any lawyer who's practiced for any length of time has to know. <laughs> they have to know. And so I just, I don't get when I run into lawyers who uh, refuse to be honest about the fact that they work in a system that is, is a disgusting, corrupt cesspool that is systematically oppressing people and screwing them over. And to run around and pretend that the problem is a few bad judges here and there is just ridiculous. To run around and pretend that somehow voting and getting the right people in there is going to fix this system that has these very fundamental problems like this, it's just absurd. This is why I don't like constitutional conservatives in media, because they don't tell people the real problems, these fundamental problems, the structural problem of saying, no, you can't go enforce your own debt. 
You must go through the courts. Well, if the courts work, yeah, okay, sure, I'd be happy to use them. But when the courts don't work, why should I have no other alternative except to so-called become a criminal? (laughs) That's the system they put you in. That is the system they've put you in. All right, let's read a little bit more. All free government is founded on the theory of voluntary association. I mean, I know that's what we're told, right? Greatest, freest. Uh, I've consented to all this shit. They tell me that all the time. That's why I did no treason first, to show you that's all bullshit. But even so, that's what they claim. Continue. And on the theory that all the parties to it voluntarily pay their taxes for its support, on the condition of receiving protection in return. But the idea that any poor man would voluntarily pay taxes to build up a government, which will neither protect his rights, except at a cost which he cannot meet, nor suffer himself to protect them by such means as may be in his power, is absurd. Yes, nobody would agree to this system, that I have to go into this corrupt judicial system, and that's my only answer. I'm not allowed to go and do anything else myself. (laughs) Nobody would agree to that. See, nobody would agree to that. But that's the system we have, right? See, that's the system we have. And we're told it's the greatest, freest. Under the prevailing system, a large portion of lawsuits determined in courts are mere contests of purses rather than of rights. And a jury sworn to decide causes, quote, according to the evidence, close quote, produced, are quite likely, for aught they themselves can know, to be deciding merely the comparative length of the parties' purses rather than the intrinsic strength of their respective rights. Wow. He nails it there. See, when the jurors don't understand what they're really supposed to be doing and they're all caught up in this absurdity of having to follow the judge's instruction and having to follow whatever the court tells you and having to follow the law and always have, must have that, strike him all off, can't hear this evidence, this isn't admissible, this is the standard, this is the burden. When you're trapped in a system like that, the whole system is designed to make sure that you can't get justice against anybody the system doesn't want you to. That's it. That anybody the system wants to protect, it can protect and can run around and call it justice and the administration of justice, blah, blah, blah. Listen to these stupid constitutional conservatives on talk radio. All You'll hear it. You'll hear it over and over again. All they do is complain about all the fucking outcomes in the courts and this case and that case, the unfairness. And then they turn around and try to tell you that this is the greatest, freest system ever. It's idiotic. It's like the same moronic stuff that people say, oh, well, yeah, they lost all the technology to go to the moon, but now we're going to Mars. It's just, it's moronic. They can't connect up the disconnect that's going on and the statements that they say in order. One says one thing, the next one says something that completely contradicts it, but they don't see it. They say them both together, and they run around, greatest, freest, blah, blah, blah. And then they say, well, it's still better than other places, better than North Korea. The fact that it's the bestest, best prison argument is garbage. There's no reason to run around and defend your prison. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. If you want to tell me you're free, great. If you want to say, I still think my prison's the best, then be honest about it. I love my prison. I love my prison guard. I love my warden. Okay, fine. You're a fucking idiot. Okay. There's nothing to talk to you about. But don't tell me you're free just because you have a better cell than I do. That's moronic. Let's continue. Jurors ought to refuse to decide a cause at all 
except upon the assurance that all the evidence necessary to a full knowledge of the cause is produced. This assurance they can seldom have unless the government itself produces all the witnesses the parties desire. And I'm going to stop reading it there because there's about halfway through the chapter. And I, I want to raise an issue with the fact that so many cases the United States government's involved in now, or the state, or the city, and they're suing you. Well, guess what? They use your money to come after you. They have endless money to come after you with. What do you do if the state shows up with a lawsuit? <laughs> you can never wear them down. They can just beat you into submission, just wear you down, even if you're really wealthy. They can make you spend millions and millions of dollars. What do they risk? They risk nothing. <laughs> they risk nothing at all. See, a system like that can never work. A system like that where one side, which is the state, coming after people both criminally and civilly all the time, just entire full-time lawyers all the time at every kind of governmental level, designed to simply run around and harass people with regulatory actions, full-blown civil suits, etc. How, how can you ever defend yourself against that? If they just show up with some crap, you just have to settle. Unless you're a giant corporation, in which case you can take the hit. Of course, you don't even risk anything. But if it's a criminal matter, what do you, what do, you do? Now you're up against the government. It's got endless resources. The government's going to run the trial. You don't even get to call the witnesses you want. They're, they're declined by the judge. Oh, it doesn't allow the evidence in. Okay, well, I'll let you appeal that. It doesn't do you any good. You have to go through a trial, lose, and then roll a dice that some fucking, another crooked court run by government is going to overturn the other. It's just fantasy. The system doesn't work, people. See, no part of it works because the structure doesn't work. You can't have one side with endless resources and no risk coming after the citizens who have not endless resources and run all the risk. That can never, ever work, especially when it's held in a situation where the government controls the entire trial process, all the rules, everything, all the procedures, everything. That can never, ever work. And yet that's the system we have, and we're told it's the greatest system that's ever existed. And it's utter nonsense. There is no free administration of justice because there is no justice in our system for so many reasons. And this is such an important chapter. The rest of the essay is really great. The remaining chapters are all great. Hell, the whole essay is so great. Everything Spooner writes is great, but this essay is so good. It's so good. It gets hits so many points that are so important. So I'm going to stop there because there's about halfway through it, and there's a lot of other points to be made in the rest of this chapter. And I've already made a lot of points here, and I don't like for people to get overwhelmed and to miss some of the points. Just kind of, People have a tendency to kind of remember the last few points that they hear, and they kind of forget about a bunch of the earlier ones, and it's important. Hopefully people maybe listen to the show more than once, but these, these are really important points, and they really shine a light on what a screwed-up system we have and how outrageous it is that these lawyers and constitutional conservatives run around and tell you how fantastic it is. And then they point to these systems that are even worse that are even more absurd and outrageous, though ours is really, really bad. It's really, really terrible. And the only reason most people don't think it's really, really terrible is because they've never actually been involved in it and never actually been on the receiving end of the abuse. I've been on the receiving end of the abuse for 30-plus years, and I've seen it all. And uh, it just is what it is. And it's not something that anybody should be proud of. The United States justice system is horrible. It's horrible. It's so, so terrible. It's so outrageous at every level. So outrageous. And the only reason it, it survives is because the endless nonstop 
propaganda from constitutional conservatives and media, where they show movies and TV shows with a hard-driving DA who's honest and trying to get to the bottom of it, and the judge who's so careful. Oh, the cops. Oh, they're always digging up the bad cops. None of that shit happens. They always show the United States attorney. Oh, he's always such an honest guy. Oh, he wants to turn somebody in. He finds out somebody's lying. He's outraged. That's all bullshit. That's all total bullshit. That is such the teeny, teeny, tiny exception, the one one hundredth of one percent of anything that's going on out there. It's just a a grab ass of mostly lawyers trying to get money from clients and trying to bilk money out of other people with bullshit claims, using the rules and other systems to extort money through the legal system. That's all it is. It's legalized extortion for people who have access and money in order to use it. That's all the justice system is. And it's a, basically an impermeable shield for the people who have money. They can, just, they can just litigate you into the ground. And the defense of these insurance claims is the number one obvious one. The, the idea that you'd ever be bad faith. You're almost never going to be able to hit them with bad faith. You can't afford it. The claims are too small. There's only statutory penalties that can be applied. Well, they don't care. Treble the damages. What do they care? Treble the damages on your $10,000 claim. It's nothing. It's nothing. They don't care about any of that. See? They always follow the, the same exact stuff. They deny, delay, and defend. That's what insurance companies do. That's how insurance defense lawyers work. They deny the claims. This whole book's written about it. Everybody knows it. They deny claims that are perfectly legitimate. That's what their very first thing they do is they just start denying it, deny it, deny it. And then when they can, can't deny it, they delay it. They delay it, delay it, delay it. And then when they can't even delay it any longer and you get the trial, they defend it, defend, defend it with all sorts of bullshit because there's no risk. And the United States government is a thousand times worse because they literally have nothing to lose. Nothing. They don't even have to make a profit. They don't even have to do any kind of audit at the end to see how worthwhile it was. They can spend anything they want. People see the movies, these guys flying around on private jets everywhere and getting into cars and being driven around. These are government bureaucrats. Why don't they have to go get on a damn commercial plane, stand in line like everybody else, and then go run a car at the fucking Hertz and drive off? Why why is this flying, getting met at the tarmac? What is this shit? (laughs) Why do they run around like that with our money just to jack us all over? Because the people are fools. Because they're all being fooled by these constitutional conservatives telling them about this dreamland that they supposedly live in. (laughs) Believe me, you ever get into the justice system, you'll find out what it's like. You'll find out. And you won't be too happy about it either. A lot of the people who come over to my side are people who used to believe and then they got trapped in the system in some way. Or their brother did, or their sister, or their friend, or their father, or their son. Someone got trapped in the system in some form or fashion. They saw it up close and personal, the ABC way, and they realized, whew, this is fucked up, and they started looking into it. If they ever come across my show, then it all starts to fall into place and it makes sense. Then they understand how it works. So, all right, well, whatever. I'm I'm just going to turn it into a rant. I don't want to. The essay is just great, and I hope people read it. Read, get the one that's in paper and read the uh, footnotes. It's fascinating. Everything about it's tremendous. And the concepts are what's so important. It's what I try to get across to people. Because people need to understand that there has to be an entire kind of reshifting of their mindset about how justice should be done, what justice really means. And every single thing you've ever seen in your life about the justice system and how it works is all completely upside down. It's 100% 179 club nonsense. That's all it is. So, so that's it for today. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review on Twitter, at least for a while. I opened up a Telegram group for a backup because I got suspended, and I'm probably going to, I don't know, something's going to happen to that account, I'm sure. They don't like it, that's for sure. It's My account just gets a little bit of traction. If it wasn't shadow banned and restricted all the time, I'd probably have hundreds of thousands of followers by now. But literally, my follower account will go backwards, even though I just see people uh, following me all the time. And so people can do that. Or they can go to my uh, Telegram channel if they want. It, it, I have a public channel, and it's called Legal Man the Quash. You can just join there. It's got a chat group, too. It's a good way if you like me on Twitter or you like following me and you don't want me to disappear, you can follow me there, join the group, and then if something happens to me, then I can and keep people informed about where I might pop up in another way when I get another account on Twitter, which I will if they completely boot me. And I'm going to get one anyway. But it's a good way to keep up with the information. And I want to thank the people in Patreon who throw skin in the game. I put a lot of skin in the game. Not only did it take me decades time to learn it, but I make the show and my show is uh, very unique and it provides an awful lot of value for people. It puts a lot of pieces together they never would be able to put together otherwise. And it just saves them a huge amount of time. And I I think that's valuable. And I, I appreciate the people who respect my time and, and actually put skin in the game and, and support me on Patreon. Thank you. And uh, as far as the movie goes, The Jones Plantation, written by Larkin Rose, comes out this fall. I think it's going to be great. We're starting to get some promos, and I've, I posted one on my Twitter. I also put it in my Telegram channel, and people can go see those. It's all about behind the scenes, and I think they're going to be fun. Hopefully it whets people's appetites for the movie because it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, a, you know, it's an allegory written by Larkin Rose. It's about going from chattel to debt slavery. And I play Mr. Jones, and it's set in antebellum south, and I, I think it's going to turn out to be really good. It's kind of a kind of campy cult film is what we're going for. So, so I think that's pretty much it, though. I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time. Legal man.